Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to the breakout session on uh, Amazon CodeGuru. Uh, I am uh, Srinivasan. I am a senior ML manager with Amazon Web Services, and uh, Daniela will be co-presenting this session. Uh, yesterday, we heard about the exciting ML service called Amazon CodeGuru. Uh, Amazon CodeGuru helps developers improve uh, code quality, improve application performance, and uh, reduce uh, fleet costs. So today, we'll be going deep into details of Amazon CodeGuru. We'll show you how you can onboard Amazon CodeGuru. I'll show you the kind of recommendation Amazon CodeGuru provides so that it can help you with your journey in uh, code quality and uh, performance optimization. So let's start with Lynn. Uh, Lynn is supposed to represent several of us in this room. Uh, Lynn is a, a tech lead working on Java projects. She is responsible for several critical projects in her company, like search, uh, ordering, and uh, shipping. And she's part of a distributed development team. So let's look at a couple of interactions uh, Lynn has with her team members. So in the first interaction, uh, a developer comes to Lynn and says, uh, we found a data issue, a data corruption issue in production. And uh, Lynn says, okay, let's go ahead and find out what's going on here. And uh, after uh, four hours, uh, the developer comes back and says, uh, look, uh, we have a concurrency issue and that's the root cause of uh, data uh, corruption. And uh, Lynn says, okay, let's go ahead and fix it. And at the same time, she thinks to herself, uh, look, uh, you know, could we have found this issue earlier during our code reviews and why is it showing up so late and having all this impact? And uh, the other one, she also wishes that there is experts on concurrency in a team who can actually help the developers address these issues more proactively than reactively. Uh, so this is one of the issue, one of the incidents, and let's look at the other one. The on-call comes running and says, look, <laughs> Uh, we have uh, latency increase in production, and uh, uh, Lynn says, okay, go ahead and find out what's going on. And uh, after an hour, uh, the on-call comes back and says, uh, uh, our CPUs are overloaded, and we need to increase our fleet sizes to bring the latency down. And uh, Lynn thinks for a moment and says, look, we just increased our fleet sizes a month back, and uh, we are not seeing any big <laughs> increase in traffic, so what's really going on? And uh, the developer doesn't really have an answer at that point in time. And, uh, and again, Lynn says, okay, let's increase the fleet size uh, and uh, you know, make sure our customer experience is not impacted. At the same time, she thinks to herself, uh, uh, how do we know uh, uh, what's, uh, what's actually going on here? Because uh, we are running into these problems and uh, we are coming up with some quick solutions at the same time. Do we know the root cause? And uh, she again thinks, uh, she wishes that there is a performance expert uh, in her team to help uh, uh, with these kind of uh, issues. So, so as I mentioned, uh, Lynn uh, represents several of us in this room, and you can re recollect similar or very similar incidents uh, in your daily lives. And uh, what she's really thinking is, how can we improve the code quality? And uh, the second one is, are we giving the lowest uh, latency to our customers? And uh, uh, or infrastructure cost just bloating, do we really know, <laughs> are we getting the ROI for our infrastructure? And finally, the most important one is, uh, what is it, uh, what's it out there which uh, we haven't uh, discovered yet? You know, that's uh, a little bit concerning. Uh, so, uh, I, I'm sure, you know, a lot of us can relate to, you know, not exactly the same incidents, very similar incidents, we have thought very similar thoughts and so on. Right. So before going into how we can uh, address or help Lynn with some of these issues, let's look at the ecosystem, uh, envir uh, the environment Lynn is operating in, um, because uh, the, the goal of this, to, Lynn is not a separate person having separate set of concerns, uh, Lynn represents uh, most of us here, uh, and uh, Lynn follows the standard uh, software development lifecycle all of us are familiar with, we are following. Uh, you first uh, write code and uh, do uh, code reviews, then you build and uh, test your code, uh, you deploy the code in production, and uh, you monitor and measure uh, uh, what's going on in production, and based on what you see, you go back and improve, and it goes back to the code, and the cycle repeats itself. And again, there's nothing uh, new here. 
right? And uh, there are several tools, you know, I mentioned code reviews, then there are the CI-CD tools, there are operational metrics such as latency, there are dashboards, there are alerts. So this is the ecosystem we live in, and uh, uh, I'm sure you know, all of us are familiar with this. All right. So now let's go back and see what's missing in this uh, ecosystem. Right. Uh, the first one is we want to detect issues early on, uh, then go you know find them out later in the cycle. So that's absolutely important. And the second one is uh, software development. Uh, there are so many aspects uh, uh, in software development, uh, and it's impossible for. Uh, developers and teams, especially some small teams, to keep up with everything that's happening uh, uh, and be up to date. So that's the second one. And the third one is uh, identifying performance bottlenecks and linking them to code. So if you look at the incident we saw earlier, uh, you know, developers know or the on-call knows that the latency is increasing. At the same time, it's not clear what's really going on. and you know, because the software is complex, there are several thousand methods, and what should we do to fix or address these issues? And the other one is large learning applications are typically black boxes. You really do not know what's going on. You know, going back to the same thousands of methods, you don't know which methods are running, how often they are running, and things like that. So, so you want a little more clarity, a little more visualization of what's going on in your large uh, deployments. And uh, the other one is availability of expertise. So all of us know that talent is scarce and uh, expertise is even uh, scarcer. So, uh, and this uh, applies especially to small teams. So how do we uh, have uh, the expertise needed to run and uh, be responsive to incidents? And uh, the other one is uh, faster time to resolution. If you look at the incident, people took you know, several hours uh, to identify the root cause, and even after that, it's not clear what's really going on. So, so this is uh, another of uh, the issues. So what we really need is uh, an integrated tool which gives you a perspective across the life cycle, not just, uh, you know, siloed perspective of what's going on in a given phase or a given stage. And uh, the other important requirement is uh, the tool should provide actionable recommendations uh, across the phases, not just vaguely point out a problem that, okay, given alert, I think you know, we get a lot of alerts. So it shouldn't stop with just alerting at the same time, you know, it should give actionable recommendations. So the most important thing to realize in this situation and discussion we have had is that Lynn, it's not that Lynn doesn't trust her team. She definitely thinks the team is competent. They are doing their best. At the same time, she is looking for additional help. I think that's the way to look at it rather than, you know, people are definitely, you know, things are so complex that teams can get additional help with, you know, tools. And uh, guess what? That's why we created uh, Amazon Code Guru to help uh, people like Lynn uh, operate faster and detect uh, and remediate issues uh, uh, faster. And uh, Amazon Code Guru uh, uh, addresses uh, several of the problems uh, we talked about, and uh, uh, and uh, that's the reason we built Amazon Code Guru. Now that we have seen that, uh, what I'm going to now talk about is uh, give a quick overview of what Amazon Code Guru is, how it fits into the lifecycle we saw earlier, and then uh, I will go deep into the Amazon Code Reviewer, which provides code review recommendations, and uh, then Daniela will talk about the Amazon Code Guru Profiler. Uh, which uh, helps you analyze and improve your uh, runtime performance. And uh, during this, both of us will be giving uh, demos on how you can onboard and the type of recommendations and how you can get uh, uh, what you can get out of Amazon Code Guru. Okay, so that's the agenda for uh, the rest of the talk. So let's dive deep into uh, what Amazon Code Guru is. So Amazon Code Guru is essentially uh, an ML service uh, for automated code review and application performance uh, profiling. Uh, and, uh, uh, and it touches upon, uh, I, I'll tell you, you know, what, what, what are the different aspects it touches upon. And uh, the second one is it's based on decades of knowledge and experience at Amazon. So it captures uh, several of the best practices and uh, uh, it's trained on, uh, you know, Amazon code base and uh, uh, open source uh, code base. And uh, the other important thing is um, uh, when, uh, when developers use Amazon, 
uh, code guru, they, they see the recommendations and they can provide feedback on the recommendations. And uh, code guru evolves and improves with these recommendations. So these recommendations are absolutely essential for, uh, 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 for uh, not the thing is they definitely improve the performance of uh, Amazon Code Guru. And uh, Amazon Code Guru searches for optimizations continuously, even in production. It is it has a low overhead, so you don't need to be worried if I'm using this, it's going to slow or slow anything down. So you can uh, use it continuously in production. And uh, this is uh, it provides actionable uh, uh, recommendations on how to fix issues. So. Uh, so you're not left guessing, so there is something specific and you can agree or disagree with it and give feedback. So that's, uh, uh, that's it ties it back to the feedback, right? And uh, uh, Amazon Code Guru automatically inspects uh, code for hard to find defects and uh, that's the Code Guru reviewer and it helps you find the most promising methods in your application for optimization. So going back to what I said earlier, so you, you, your application may have thousands of methods and it's not clear what is the most promising one you should start with, with or without a problem, okay? You don't need to wait for a problem to optimize your application. So, so it gives you, it helps you prioritize uh, where you should focus your uh, resources on. Uh, in short, uh, basically it's like having a distinguished engineer on call 24 by seven. So this goes back to the expertise uh, uh, aspect I talked about. Uh, Lynn wishes that she has someone who is expert in concurrency, who is expert in performance with her team and uh, uh, Code Guru uh, helps you with uh, uh, such goals. So, um, uh, so now let's, now that we have seen uh, Amazon Code Guru, let's see how, where it uh, fits in. So this is the uh, development lifecycle uh, several of us are using and uh, Amazon Code Guru reviewer fits early on in the cycle. It is, uh, it provides uh, code reviews with actionable recommendations. So you can use it as part of your uh, code review workflow. And uh, the code group profiler you can use to detect and optimize expensive lines of code pre-prod so that these performance issues don't go into production. So, uh, so it helps you with both uh, your, uh, uh, with the coding phase as well as the uh, build and test phase before deployment. And uh, guess what? Uh, you can actually use Amazon Code Guru uh, Profiler in production. As I mentioned, it has very low overheads and uh, uh, you can easily identify performance and cost improvements in production. And uh, you can uh, analyze what's going on if you have uh, incidents or interact, you know, ex examples we saw earlier. So, uh, so it, it touches upon multiple aspects of uh, the, the uh, so development lifecycle we have seen. Okay. So that's about Amazon Code Guru as a whole and now I'm going to go deep into Amazon Code Guru Reviewer and uh, let's see what the Code Guru Reviewer does. Uh, first, uh, it provides automated code, uh, code uh, review rec uh, recommendations uh, which are actionable and uh, the second one is it supports uh, Java applications. So if um, your packages contain Java, you can get uh, comments from uh, Code Guru reviewer, and it is integrated with uh, GitHub and uh, uh, AWS Code Commit repos. So if you are on any of them, you can get started right away. And uh, it leverages pull request-based code review workflow. Pull request-based code reviews are very uh, popular, and uh, so it seamlessly plugs into your existing workflow. So there is not much uh, to learn. So uh, I'll give a very brief overview of what a pull request based code review is for people who are not familiar. So let's uh, assume uh, Lynn or her team members, they are working on a new feature or a bug fix. So typically what they do is they create a branch and uh, they do all the changes in the branch. And uh, after testing, uh, when they are uh, satisfied with uh, you know, what they have created, they create what's called a pull request. So it no notifies uh, the, uh, the reviewers to, uh, to pull the code and uh, examine it. And uh, the code reviewers provide code review comments and uh, there is a uh, interaction that goes between the code author and the code reviewer. And uh, after all the changes are approved, the code is merged back into the main line. So that's the uh, pull request based uh, workflow. So now let's see what 
uh, Amazon CodeGuru DVR does and how it fits into the workflow. Uh, uh, okay, so I'll talk about some of the key challenges in uh, this before going into the, you know, how it fits in. Uh, the, the challenges with code review, one, one is uh, expertise. So we, we talked about availability, we talked about compliance and the correctness aspects and several times these uh, aspects do not get addressed in code reviews because of uh, lack of expertise. And the second aspect is uh, code reviews often demand senior developers and uh, these developers may not have time or uh, if they spend time on code reviews, they may not be available for other critical tasks. So there's a trade-off uh, that's uh, going on here. And uh, the third one is uh, there are uh, a typical software touches upon multiple uh, functional areas. Some of the examples are uh, the use of AWS APIs, the use of concurrency, and uh, uh, we talked about compliance and so on. So there are so many areas that uh, teams may not be up to date with uh, several, uh, all, with all of the uh, areas and, uh, uh, and uh, you know, the, the code is not, the code quality is not uh, really what you want. And uh, the other important aspect uh, people may or may not know, know is uh, human code reviews often focus on business logic and uh, less on, uh, you know, functional correctness. And, uh, and again, a lot of it is mainly because of availability of time. It's not that people do not know about it. At the same time, given a limited time, people will rather focus on the business <laughs> logic than uh, the functional correctness. And uh, uh, finally, the size of the code, the number of repos, they're always increasing and to look at a code and provide code review comments, you, it just takes more and more time, right? So, uh, so this is, these are uh, uh, some of the challenges uh, with the code reviews and uh, now I'll tell you how uh, Amazon Code Guru reviewers uh, addresses uh, some of uh, these problems. Uh, the first one, it goes back to what I said, uh, it focuses more on uh, functional correctness and flags critical defects and uh, reliability issues. And uh, uh, so that's what you get out of this and uh, it leverages the familiar pull request bo uh, based uh, code review process. This is what we saw Lynn was using and it plugs seamlessly into uh, this process. So code review reviewer is just another reviewer uh, part of the code review and uh, provides comments exactly the same way you can react uh, in very similar ways and uh, uh, so that's the uh, uh, that's the thing about code review, and it's very important to note that uh, code review review, uh, code guru reviewer is not meant to replace human reviews. It's uh, code guru reviewer basically augments the human reviews and addresses some of these areas which uh, uh, people may not have time to address. So now that we, I talked about uh, finding defects, let me talk about the code areas that are addressed by Amazon Code Guru. Uh, the first one is the correct use of uh, AWS APIs. So if you, if you look at AWS, uh, AWS has hundreds of services and uh, the APIs have certain nuances which developers may not always be familiar with and uh, not knowing them can actually impact both the performance or the correctness of uh, your, uh, your code. Uh, for example, if you are doing polling instead of waiting, then you suffer performance. And uh, I, I'll talk about pagination. If you don't use pagination, you may end up with uh, incomplete results, which uh, affects the correctness of your code. And uh, the other one is concurrency. Concurrency is hard even for expert developers. They may need to look second or third look at the concurrent code. And uh, this is where they can use help. And uh, concurrency, again, can lead to both correctness and performance issues. Uh, like if you are missing a synchronization construct, you may be reading the wrong data or you may be reading, uh, corrupting the data. Or if you do something like over synchronization, then your performance suffers. And this impacts availability. And uh, the other one is uh, resource leaks. So resources are anything like database connections, HTTP connections, files, and there are so many types of resources. And uh, uh, resource leaks are often not caught by unit tests. Uh, even concurrency issues are not caught by unit tests. So, and uh, incorrect handling of resources can uh, result in slowdown and it impacts availability. 
And the other one is uh, sensitive information leak. Uh, 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 handling sensitive data is again a specialized topic and it is just evolving and uh, teams may not have expertise in that area. So, um, uh, and uh, leakage of sensitive information like uh, leakage of credit cards can actually lead to compliance issues. And uh, the last category is a catch-all category. It is, uh, there are multiple type of defects uh, which are uh, identified by looking at large corpuses of code. And these cover uh, multiple functional areas. For example, uh, one of them uh, relating to not creating a client, for, a client for each Lambda invocation that relates to AWS best practices. So there are multiple categories in this area, in this bucket and uh, addressing these issues improves the code quality. So now that we have seen uh, how it fits in, what are the functional areas it addresses, let's see how uh, you can start using CodeGuru. So you have your code repo and uh, the first step you want to do is you want to introduce CodeGuru to your repo and uh, that is a one-time operation that's called, uh, you know, the repo association. So, so once the repo is associated with CodeGuru, then what happens is any pull request created on that repo by any developer reaches CodeGuru reviewer through uh, the code repository. And uh, then uh, uh, once Guru, CodeGuru reviewer gets notified, it uh, clones the repo and uh, it analyzes the code and provides recommendations and the developers can look at the recommendations and provide feedback uh, either useful or not useful to back to CodeGuru. And uh, as I mentioned, this uh, uh, feedback is helpful for improving the performance. And uh, here's a very quick view of how CodeGuru reviewer works. Uh, once a developer creates a pull request, the code is uh, cloned and uh, it is analyzed uh, and uh, CodeGuru reviewer extracts uh, semantic features and patterns. Uh, which, uh, which capture the interactions between program elements, and this representation is then uh, fed. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, this representation is then fed to now ML models, which, as I mentioned, are uh, trained on uh, several uh, hundred thousand reports from Amazon and uh, 10,000 reports from uh, GitHub, and uh, the output of uh, the model uh, reach. Uh, the developer as uh, a recommendation. So in this case, uh, this piece of code has uh, has a resource leak. Cool. So now let me go and give a demo of CodeGuru, how you can onboard. So let me switch and show you the CodeGuru console. Uh, I guess. Oh, Everybody can see this. Increase the font size a bit. So this is the Amazon CodeGuru reviewer, CodeGuru console, and it has the reviewer part and the profiler part. As I mentioned, uh, if you want to get started with the CodeGuru reviewer, you need to associate your repository uh, with uh, CodeGuru reviewer. So let's go to associate repository, and uh, uh, so uh, we support GitHub and uh, AWS Code Commit. Uh, first, you need to connect to GitHub and then as uh, associate a repository. Let me connect to GitHub. And uh, uh, yeah, so I had already, you had to provide your GitHub credentials. In this case, uh, I had provided it earlier, so it got connected. And uh, now you can get a view of the repos on GitHub. Uh, let me uh, associate this repository. And uh, you get a status of the association. It says it is associating. Uh, it takes few seconds uh, while waiting for the report to get associated. Let me uh, go to uh, GitHub. So this is the, the repository and uh, this is the file I am uh, looking at. And uh, so this is about uh, 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 handling uh, shipping events, ship, uh, shipment events. Uh, and uh, the shipment events have a status under timestamp. The status is whether it's in transit, whether it got delivered, and so on. And uh, what this is doing is it's basically all these, uh, uh, the, the information is stored as S3 objects. So what this does is it consolidates that information and creates a single view of uh, the statuses every 15 minutes. Okay. So, uh, so this uses uh, AWS S3 and uh, 
it also uses the concurrency for uh, multi-threading. So let me go back and see if the report got associated. Yeah, now you can see that this repository is associated. So now what I can do is I can go here and uh, I can create a pull request. And uh, once their uh, pull request is, I need to choose my repo. Let me just go back and create a new branch. And so, yeah, with that end, I can uh, create a, a new pull request. So once I create a pull request, what happens is uh, the information, the code guru gets notified and it typically takes uh, a few minutes for the code reviews to arrive. So what I'm going to show now is uh, uh, some of the comments uh, code guru reviewer provided on an earlier version of uh, this repository. Uh, uh, so as I mentioned, uh, this code uh, uses uh, S3 objects. Let me increase the font size. And uh, the first recommendation by the CodeGuru reviewer uh, is that uh, you are using uh, the uh, does object exist and uh, it, it, you seem to be using, uh, using it in a busy wait state to check the status of the uh, object and uh, you can actually use uh, uh, these, the APIs object exists or object not exist in a, along with waiters. Uh, that will uh, improve the performance of uh, your uh, your code and uh, and you can get additional information about this from here so this is the uh, first recommendation uh, let's go down and see if there are additional recommendations okay there's a second recommendation here which talks about list objects and uh, what this program does is it calls list objects and takes the first a set of results and returns it and uh, uh, and start using it and uh, uh, it's a less known fact that it can actually result pages after pages and you should actually look if there are additional pages uh, uh, before start uh, processing the results. So what it says is it's not paginated and you should uh, use paginated APIs. And uh, there's another problem with this which basically is you're using an outdated API and you can use a more recent uh, the list objects v2. And uh, the other recommendation is on concurrency. What it says is uh, you are using a concurrent hash map and you are using get and put uh, statements in lines 110 and 137. Let's see what's in 110. So in 110, uh, what happens is you are getting, you are using get on the latest uh, status for tracking number and uh, in 137 you are using a put. And uh, typically what happens is between the get and put, there can be another thread which does another, uh, uh, another access to this and it can overwrite what you have seen. So this can uh, lead to stale information or uh, incorrect information. So what this says is you should actually use put if absent and with additional logic, you will get the performance you want. So that's a summary of uh, what it found on uh, this code and uh, they just uh, one more recommendation. I will skip it in the interest of time. So let me go back to the presentation. Okay, so this is 
the demo of Code Guru Reviewer we saw, and uh, there are a few examples which are very similar to uh, what we saw earlier. Uh, I'll skip them. So, so now uh, let's look. Uh, we have actually used Code, Code Guru uh, inside Amazon, and uh, there were uh, uh, thousands of developers uh, using this, and uh, Code Guru Reviewer provided. Uh, hundreds of recommendations and uh, the demo as well as the scenario we captured, they are based on uh, 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 the scenarios we got in Amazon. Uh, the first uh, feedback says that uh, Amazon Code Guru Reviewers allowed us to catch a long-standing race condition lurking in a critical piece of code. So, so this goes back to the uh, first incident Lynn had with one of our developers. The, you know, concurrency issues are hard to find, and uh, um, uh, Code Guru Reviewer was able to find a long-standing concurrency issue in code. And uh, the other one says that we weren't using DynamoDB appropriately, and uh, and actually this got uh, missed in a code review, and the Code Guru Reviewer was able to flag it, and uh, it's a great catch and a great recommendation. And uh, the final one is, uh, uh, it relates to resource leak, and uh, uh, the developer says, uh, Code Guru reviewer recommended uh, try with resources uh, to prevent uh, uh, resource leak, and uh, the developer implemented it uh, uh, immediately. So, uh, so these are, uh, this is a small sample of the feedback we got from Amazon developers. So now, uh, Daniela will talk about uh, uh, Code Guru Profiler. Great, thank you very much. Good morning, everyone. Is everybody awake? Yes, everybody got their coffee. Excellent. Okay, so you saw how Code Guru Reviewer can help Lin improve the um, quality of uh, Lin's code. And now I would like to go over Code Guru Profiler so that you can see how it can help Lin improve the performance of her applications. Uh, but before uh, we do that, I would like to explore what are the challenges that are posed by poor application performance. Why do we have to care about it? Um, so for many companies, uh, inadequate performance has a very negative impact uh, on the business. Um, for example, when you are working with, uh, as a customer with an online service that is too slow, this creates a poor end user experience. And when this happens and too much or above a certain limit, um, that may become unacceptable. So um, this may lead to, when this happens, it may lead to customers, um, companies losing customers. And um, online businesses know from experience that uh, when the latency increases, sometimes it can lead to loss in sales. An application may be underperforming also in a way that it uses uh, the underlying resources such as compute resources, especially when you have an application that is running on large fleets. Um, um, any small change in the um, uh, average CPU utilization can lead to a big impact on the bottom line. And finally, uh, performance issues have big impact on mission-critical systems or low-latency systems where even 10 milliseconds delay can lead to uh, sometimes even system failure or uh, serious impact on business operations. For example, if you have railway or aircraft operation system, control systems, um, if there are performance issues, this can lead to a loss in life. Um, if you have a delay in financial trading systems, this can sometimes lead to uh, millions of dollars in losses. So if we explore what are the underlying causes for all these scenarios, we can notice um, a couple of uh, repeating patterns. Um, Modern applications are built as distributed services that are running on leveraging um, cloud compute platforms to increase reliability and scalability. And this is great, but it, is, it does pose challenges for developers to identify uh, what code causes problems, performance problems, and get to the bottom of it to fix it. Um, existing um, tools do provide information. They provide a lot of raw data and uh, visualizations that are sometimes hard to use, and they do not provide insights into how to fix the problem. 
and this oftentimes leaves developers guessing what to do. Um, so this leads us to the second problem, which is that performance engineering is a domain expertise that not too many developers have, or at least not to the needed degree. Furthermore, there has been a big increase in the number of uh, software applications written. Millions of lines of code get generated every year. There's been a steady increase in the number of software engineers. Um, however, that of performance engineers hasn't kept up with this growth. Uh, so this leaves a sizable gap of a much-needed expertise. Uh, and this leads uh, to a situation where Lynn has inadequate performance of her applications and not enough people on her team to tackle that. So what Lynn needs to do is um, rethink how she solves the problems posed by um, poor application performance. So what Lynn needs to do is to find somebody, preferably on call or something, um, who has performance engineering domain, domain expertise so that they can quickly tackle a performance problem, uh, somebody who continuously learns and stays on top of performance best practices, someone who continuously analyzes the application so that they can um, uh, monitor and find out if there are any performance issues, somebody or something who points directly to the performance problem and provides actionable recommendations, and even helps the business to understand what should I be working on? What is the issue that has the biggest impact on the business? Code Guru Profiler combines the whole array of these skills in a single service that enables Lynn to stay on top of her performance so that she can focus on other very important things such as creating new software functionality. Profiler is a fully managed service as part of CodeGuru, and it finds the most expensive lines of your code. And the way it does that is because we have trained Profiler to find methods with high potential for performance optimization. These are methods that are unnecessarily increasing latency or reducing throughputs, and unnecessarily um, increasing CPU utilization. Not only does Profiler find the most expensive lines of code, but it also recommends you how to fix them. It is an intelligent profiler which has been trained via many years of experience with performance engineering and hard-learned lessons at Amazon. Unlike many other profilers, CodeGuru Profiler is built to run on production without impacting your performance. So it has low overhead, around 1%, and you will barely notice it running. It continuously runs on production and continuously analyzes the performance of your application. And it's always there when you need it when you're reacting to or when you're troubleshooting an application performance issue or when you're proactively working to improve the CPU utilization and latency of an application, um, it is always there. Think of it as um, insurance policy there when you need it. Uh, currently, CodeGuru Profiler supports applications written in Java. Onboarding is very straightforward. It has four steps. Uh, the UI leads you through all the steps, so I'm going to very quickly breeze through them. First, you create a profiling group. What a profiling group is, is just a name that we give to the application that you're profiling. Um, you can have one or more services in the same group, especially if you have uh, microservices, that's helpful. Um, the second step is to um, update the IM role used by the profiler agent. Uh, we give you the statement for that, just copy it. Um, the third step is to conf uh, configure the build to include the profiler agent. Again, we show you the configuration, just copy it. And finally, you need to add a couple of lines of code in one place in your application to start the profiling thread. 
So now I would like to show you how the profiler looks like. Life. Okay, so uh, let's go to the Code Guru console and dive into the profiler dashboards. Okay, so what you see here are the profiling groups and I'm going to go into um, the image processing app. So the image processing app, as the name suggests, um, helps you process images. Uh, so what you see here is a representation of everything that your application is doing as it runs on the CPU. This is runtime data. Uh, and the way that uh, a profiler knows this is because it continuously captures stack traces from your live application and it shows them in a um, visualization called flame graph. So what a flame graph is, it's uh, the, the aggregate, uh, all the stack traces aggregated for a given period of time. Um, so um, you can see all the methods that are running and what percentage they take from the active CPU time. So if you hover over an aggregated method that is part of a given substack, um, this is going to be over the bar that you see here, also known as a frame. Um, you can see information such as the class name and method name, what percentage it takes from the CPU, and the dollar value of what it costs you to run this particular aggregated method as, this, as part of this particular substack. Um, so the more or the wider the bar is, the frame is, the more time it takes from the CPU. Um, on the vertical axis, you have the hierarchical relationship between parent and child methods. So on the bottom, you have the parent, and it calls the child, which goes on the top, all the way to the top of the stack that shows you the method that is actively running on the CPU. On the horizontal axis, you have the alphabetical ordering of uh, your substacks. There are two main visualizations overview and hotspots. So what we're looking at is overview. And um, what overview is, is just, it just gives you the key entry points into your application. It shows you what are the operations that your application is doing. So let's see what we're doing here. If we go to the base of, the, um, of each of those substacks, you can see that uh, we are brightening an image, um, darkening image, and so on and so forth. So um, this is very useful just to see where is my main time, in what operations am I spending my time. <clears throat> so uh, let's look at the hotspots. So the hotspots show you uh, the biggest um, methods contributing to the CPU utilization. So these are usually lower level methods and they are aggregated at the top. So if you hover over this fairly big frame, you can see that 60% of the time we're spending unzipping files, which are the images. Uh, so both of the views are very useful uh, depending on what you're doing. So I'm gonna go back to overview and I would like to talk about time. So as you know, there are two types of times when it comes to applications. There's the active CPU time, which is what are you doing actively on the CPU, and then there's the wall clock time, which tells you like the whole time, the total time. So this is the CPU view, and you're gonna use it usually in cases where you have a CPU-bound application. Um, and if you are working on improving a latency, you're going to look at the latency view. So what you see here are a lot of colors, and all of them have meaning um, because we show you the thread state. So you have blocked, native, runnable, time waiting, and waiting. Um, so uh, what is interesting here is that um, it shows you what your application is doing even though it may appear it's not doing anything on the CPU. And that's usually because your application might be IO bound or network bound, anything that makes your application either be blocked or waiting. So I would like to go to one of the operations here, uh, which is to brighten an image. So as you can see here, we have green stuff. Let's see what's happening with this waiting. Um, so we're looking at the S3 client, which is waiting to upload an image. And it's taking over 2% of the time, of the wall clock time. If we switch to the CPU, then we're gonna see that this same method is taking less time, 1.59. And that's because we're waiting on the, um, the S3 to upload the image. 
so both CPU and latency are useful depending on the uh, particular use case that you have. Um, so um, visualizations are really good in the sense that they give you all the information that you need to know about what your application is doing so that you can look for any surprises. I'm expecting that I should be spending this much time in, I don't know, video transcoding, and instead I'm spending 30% on uh, logging debug uh, information. Why am I doing this? I'm not supposed to be spending all this time. Uh, so it is kind of context-driven. You need to know what your application is supposed to be doing which I hope you do. Um, and uh, we also, in addition to the visualizations, we provide um, automatic recommendations for commonly occurring performance problems. And uh, the way that we know that is because we've trained the profiler models on commonly occurring mistakes that uh, developers make that impact performance. So I'm going to go to the recommendation report, and we have one performance issue here. I'm going to very quickly breeze through it. Um, each performance issue shows you what the problem is and the impact on the CPU, which is very important. If the impact is big, you want to spend time on it. If it's not, well, maybe leave it for later. Um, then we show you a description of the problem, why it's happening, uh, suggested steps to resolve the problem, as well as where the problem was found. If you click on any of those links, and I'll show an example of that later, you will see um, a sub-stack as it appears in the flame graph. So, um, so this is just an example to show you how the um, profiler looks like, and now I would like to show you how it can be used for a real application. So the application we're going to look at is very simple. It sells fruits, um, and the, uh, there are customers who buy the fruits that the system sells, and there are customers that buy illegal fruits that we don't sell. Uh, and we're going to see what these fruits are. Um, so if we look at the um, flame graph, we can see that there are three main operations, or two. The main one, or one of the main ones, is the um, um, listing orders. So basically, as customers are buying, we list those orders. And the other one is uh, creating orders. And those are split in two. One is creating the legal orders. Uh, for fruits that exist, and the other one is creating the illegal orders for stuff we don't sell. Okay, so let's look at the recommendations and see what is happening. We have two performance issues. And if we start from the top one, uh, we're spending too much time parsing date with simple date formats. And the second problem is we're checking for values not in enum. And these, both of those take quite a significant chunk of your CPU time. So let's see why this is the case and why you're not spending your time selling fruits. Um, so um, let's start with the checking values for not in enum. Um, you're spending almost 13% of your time checking for those values. Um, and uh, the reason why this is happening is because uh, you're attempting to parse a value not in enum too often. This, every time you do that, it results in throwing an exception, and when you do too much of this, it slows down your application. So if we look at the suggested resolution steps, uh, we recommend there are actually three options. One option is just don't do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, try to see if you can eliminate um, um, invalid values. Uh, and then, if this doesn't work, then uh, consider using guavas enums.getIfPresent method. Um, or if you want, because it, um, by the way, it uh, handles um, thrown exception better. Um, or you can also consider using static hash map and use the get or default method on the map. And then we can see where this problem is happening. So I'm going to open the substack, uh, which uh, will show me that if I hover over enum value of, which is taking 26%, it is throwing the exception all the way up to uh, the fill-in stack trace, which is what's causing the 12.76% of uh, overhead on the CPU. Okay, and let's quickly go to the second problem, which is the um, um, slow, simple date format, date parsing. So the problem, oh, first of all, it's, uh, this should be a, uh, a pretty big 
signal like you should do something about it because it's spending almost 30% of your CPU just to parse dates. Um, so uh, what is the problem? Uh, so the problem is that when you're parsing dates and times using simple date format, the underlying implementation looks up formatting data using date format symbols. So when these symbols are not provided to the constructor, they need to be looked up every time on parse, and this makes your overall application running slower. So the suggested resolution, we have provided code, which you can use directly, um, and uh, the um, directions or instructions from the profiler is that when you create simple date format instance, passing the default symbols instance to the constructor. So let's see how we can uh, use this information in uh, the application, which you may not be able to see. Okay. Do you guys see the code at all? Kind of? All right. Um, okay, so this application is, uh, as I said, the fruit selling application, and um, there's a thread that sells uh, or takes orders for legal fruits, and uh, illegal fruits are mango, strawberry, banana, little did you know. Um, and um, so, so let's look at the problematic code. Um, we have an enum here that's expecting apple, orange, and pineapple, and um, because some methods or some customers are asking for the uh, strawberry banana, uh, this code here, this line here, is going to uh, throw an exception because it's calling value of on enum, and the resolution for this is to replace it with Guava's uh, enums get if present. The second problem, if you remember, was that we were um, having slow date parsing from simple date format, and that's because the symbols were not provided to the simple date format constructor. This is where the code is shown. By the way, we have this on GitHub, so you can go and uh, take a look at it or uh, compile it and so on. Um, and um, yeah, so if we look at the fix for that, we're literally using the recommendation directly from the profiler to uh, when you create a simple date format instance to pass in the default uh, symbols instance to the constructor. So that's going to solve our two problems. And if we look at the before and after, So let's look at the after. So we're going to look at the profiles. So if you hover over the profiles, if you hover over the profile, you can see that um, the value of, uh, which is the enum, uh, is throwing exceptions, which are taking 12%. And if you look at this same thing, uh, it's taking less than 1%. That's get product name, calling um, get if present. And similarly, date time, uh, date format.parse is taking 30%, whereas here it's taking a lot less. So um, it looks pretty straightforward, and um, I hope that you get to play with the app. Uh, do give us feedback on that. Um, and I would like to continue or finish the presentation with a very short intro to how it works. So um, as I said, it's very quick, uh, it's very easy to onboard the application, add a couple of lines of code to start the thread. Um, and when you have an application that is running on multiple instances, EC2 instances or containers, each of those instances is going to run the profiling thread as in-process thread. Um, and this thread, what it's going to do, it's going to continuously capture stack traces and it's going to send them to the backend, uh, which will then aggregate all these stack traces and um, run the models on them to see if there are any performance issues. And if there are issues, well, you'll see them in the, action of the recommendation reports as well as in the visualizations. Um, very quickly, um, we have been using Amazon um, we have been using Amazon CodeGuru Profiler at Amazon for a number of years. Hundreds of developers use it uh, on thousands of um, 
um, applications uh, to improve the performance application every day. Uh, and this is just an example with a couple of our engineers. So Chris is a software development engineer uh, who was working on a performance issue um, where the performance was caused by uh, threat contention and the profiler found that problem, recommended a fix to, um, to Chris, who then after implementing it, um, uh, the result was that a single a host could now serve uh, seven times more traffic than before, and he was also able to, well, he and his team, uh, was able to reduce uh, the number of instances by 75% while still handling the same traffic. And Rajesh is another software development engineer who uh, was, uh, he had just finished uh, writing codes and he wanted to make sure um, that it was not causing any performance issues. And uh, he ran it on um, uh, uh, pre-prod performance testing and he found out that um, from the visualizations that we were using, or he was using, creating uh, clo cloning values uh, even when that was not necessary. Uh, and these, um, wasted uh, cloning was contributing to a high CPU utilization. So after following uh, the recommendation from the profiler, he uh, was able to um, enable 40% reduction in, or between 40 and 67% reduction in fleet utilization. So um, this is just a couple of examples of the wins that um, profiler has enabled and um, we now hope that uh, uh, CodeGuru Profiler can help you improve the performance of your applications. And now I'm going to pass it over to Srinivasan. Uh, thanks, Daniela. So I'm going to quickly conclude so that uh, we have uh, time for questions. Uh, you can get started with uh, CodeGuru at uh, the, you know, aws.amazon.com slash CodeGuru. You'll see the same onboarding. Uh, view of uh, the console and you can uh, onboard to the reviewer as well as the profiler. Uh, and uh, this is what you get uh, when you do that. Uh, it, you get uh, uh, recommendations on code quality and uh, application, uh, application performance improvement and uh, it continuously learns and improves based on the feedback uh, you give. And, uh, uh, from a reviewer perspective, uh, it identifies uh, code defects, provides, provides actionable uh, recommendations on code fixes, and it easily integrates with pull request based workflows on uh, GitHub and AWS code commit. And uh, from a profiler perspective, uh, you get uh, actionable uh, recommendations on performance issues, and uh, you get a rich visualization which you can do use along with your domain knowledge to troubleshoot additional issues. So, so thank you very much for your time. And uh, please uh, do not uh, forget to provide uh, feedback on this session. So now we'll, we'll have a few minutes for questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, so the thing is, uh, as you heard, uh, so the thing, the question is about languages, and uh, as you heard today, uh, um, CodeGuru Reviewer supports Java, and uh, CodeGuru Profiler also supports Java. And, uh, uh, and you know, I'll just uh, anticipate a question. The other one is, you know, what are the repos? Currently, we support GitHub and uh, AWS code commit. Uh, or you think about supporting more repos? So, uh, so we are definitely getting feedback uh, from our customers about what are the languages and what are the repos. And uh, then we will, uh, you know, we will, uh, we have a list of priorities and uh, we'll get to them one after the other. Cool, yes. So while the, the thing is, yeah, uh, uh, while Amazon Code Guru Reviewer provides recommendations uh, related to credentials uh, um, and uh, sensitive information leak, uh, it, it's not meant to be a security expert at this point in time. So, um, uh, so uh, the current areas uh, we have talked about are related to AWS APIs, concurrency resource leaks, and so on. So uh, again, as I said, you know, we do get a lot of feedback. You know, the goal of this session is to talk to customers and get feedback and uh, based on the type of requests and the number of requests we get, we will prioritize this. Yeah. How's the pricing model work? I guess it's all free, right? Come again? <laughs> How's the pricing model work? I guess it's all free. 
the pricing model, you can find more information on uh, the website and uh, the, the, the free tier is for the first three months. And uh, CodeGuru Revere is charged based on the number of lines of code uh, analyzed and uh, the profiler is based on uh, the sampling hours of the applications. Yes, please. So the, the, the question is about do you store code and uh, uh, Amazon CodeGuru reviewer does not persist customer code. Uh, we analyze the code and provide the recommendations after that the code is deleted. So we do not persist uh, customer code. Yes. Uh, so, so this is so again another the features we have heard from customers. So, currently in the pull request based workflow, the review comments are on the chain lines of code. At the same time, there is a ton of code out there, and this is called a package scan. And uh, so, this is also one of uh, uh, this item also belongs to our list. And based on how many people we want it, uh, we will prioritize it. Cool. We can take questions outside. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. <laughs>